Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The volume. What is going on, my people? John Middlecop, that'd be me. Three and Out Podcast, that'd be this show. Hopefully everyone had a good weekend. Happy Monday. Put out a podcast like I always do on Sunday. Just Middlecoff Mailbag, so if you hadn't heard it, go check it out. The way you get in that mailbag is just fire in my DMs on Instagram. At John Middlecoff is my name. Two Fs. Fresno State and the Eagles never could spell it right, but you can. Just type it into the old, to the gram and fire in a DM. Questions, we're open for a bit. You can ask anything. So fire in there. Football questions, life questions, you name it, we got you. We put one of those out every Sunday. I also put it on the end of a Tuesday show as well. The plan is to have this podcast. We will have another football podcast, three and out podcast on Tuesday. I think I'm going to dive in. Kyler Murray and the Atlanta Falcons talking trade. That was interesting. I saw a story in the last couple days. So man, I might have to dive into that one. We will have a Go Low podcast on Wednesday. Congratulations to Wyndham Clark. First PGA Tour victory this weekend. Good friends of Christian McCaffrey. And uh, more football podcasts on Friday and the weekend. So we'll just we'll keep pumping out content because that's what we do. It's what you guys want. And I got your back. Also, you know, Fed taxes ain't cheap. So we got to keep working. Other than that, any other housekeeping? Thevolume.com. Check out the merch. I got Go Low trucker hats. I got Go Low polos. We are continuing to... Uh, to get in the lab and develop some merch. We're still working on the three and out hat, which I think is going to look pretty good. So keep an eye for that. I'll keep you updated. As well as anything else, I think that might be it. You can hear us live on AMP every single day of the week. Just download that AMP app, YouTube as well. And uh, let's talk some football. But before we dive into football, can I tell you about my friends and the official ticketing app of this show? Three and out. That is Game Time. I need you to download the Game Time app. Just go to your app store, download the Game Time app. And when you do, if you want to go to a basketball game, a baseball game, a football game in the fall, uh, obviously uh, concerts, comedy shows, you name it, they got you covered. Just use the promo code John, J-O-H-N. Went to an NBA playoff game last week. It was awesome, and I did it because my friends at Game Time, I know a lot of you people have used it. Obviously, it's why they're the presenting sponsor of the show. But appreciate everyone that has. Can't recommend them enough. Very easy to use. Download the Game Time app. Promo code J-O-H-N. And uh, go to an event. Have a good time. And do it on me with a little discount. <laughs> Let's dive into the five big storylines for OTAs. I, I have a love-hate relationship with OTAs. Having gone to many for, you know, well over a decade. They're fun in the sense to just, you know, kind of get you outside. <laughs> it's like... It's kind of like the football version of golf. You know, just gets you some sun, gets you a little sweat, 
when you work in the league, it's a very positive time. It's very lighthearted, I would say, from a from a work week standpoint relative to what the fall is. Obviously, you know, if you turn on your television, you see all these guys going to hockey games, basketball games, uh, NBA, baseball game, whatever. These guys are out and about having a good time all over the country. You get new players on your team. It's just a very, very positive time in every building, whether you're an elite team like, you know, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Eagles, whatever, or you're a shitty team, right? Because you get to break out some of the new toys. You may have new coaches. Uh, the, the only downfall really is injuries. And obviously an injury at this point in time of the year is typically non-contact. And so it tends to be pretty devastating, right? Uh, other than that, you know, especially if you have a new quarterback, it's just it's just fun. Listen, I, I've been lucky enough to be able to go to these practices. You know, they're not open to the public like uh, like the fall is during training camp, but it is it's very very light. It, it's why I never really support you know some of these guys bitching and moaning that don't show up. Now I completely understand if you have a specific training regimen and you know certain players OTAs. If you tell me Tyree Kill doesn't come to OTAs or Trent Williams, like I don't care. But some of these players, when they act like it's really difficult, maybe it was back in the day. Uh, but since I've been around it, and definitely in 2023, you know, it's the country club version of football. And uh, it's just a good time to be around your teammates, develop some chemistry. And uh, I, I do think that bleeds into the season. Guys like each other, really get to know each other. This is when, I mean, basic things like us normal human beings, which ultimately football players are, barbecues, you know, weekend drinking events, going to games. It's it's just a good time. Uh, so let's start number one. It's got to be the rookie quarterbacks, right? Because we had three guys go in the top four, and really the most polarizing one who fell to the second round is at a place where he's probably going to play too. But when the, the first two quarterbacks that were picked, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, these guys are going to be the starting quarterbacks for their team week one. I do not care what their coaches are saying right now. Oh, they're going to start with the twos. They got to work their way up. They got to. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, if they do not get injured, will be the starting quarterbacks come week one. If they're not, we got a major problem. Both of them, multiple year starters, are basically the best two programs in the country. Georgia, you're included too. Two of the best three programs in the country. Michigan's like, we've beat them twice. I know. Okay. Two of the top four programs in the country. You know what I mean? So these guys have played a lot of football, had a ton of success, both been in the playoffs, both, you know, made big plays when it mattered most. There is absolutely no reason. Not every quarterback is the same, but these two guys plug and play starters. Now, are they going to be good? I don't know. I I would bet on Bryce Young. You know, I I think a lot of people are, you know, question how high CJ's ceiling is. I'm intrigued to watch because that game against Georgia made me change my tune. Clearly, the Texans aren't good, but both these guys starter week one. The third guy, Anthony Richardson's a little interesting because in theory, he's a complete redshirt guy, right? Well, I I saw some quotes coming out of Indianapolis some people that cover the team like, you know, I would not be shocked at all if the guy plays. One thing with Trey Lance a couple years ago, and I think there are some parallels in the sense of, These physical freaks, even though I think Anthony Richardson is in a complete different level than Trey, much faster, much more natural thrower of the football. 
but they hadn't played a lot of football. I think th- 13 career starts. So the only way you can improve is by playing. I mean, you can improve in practice and the mental reps and learn to become a pro, but that, that can only take you so far. You have to play in the games, right? There's, and, and the hard part about football is like, you can't take live BP. You, you can't just play a full-on five-on-five game in the NFL like you can in the NBA, right, in the offseason. The only time to play football is in preseason games and regular season games. It's the only time real games happen because in practice, they do not, in most of these places, come even close to replicating what we see on the field. I looked at their quarterback depth chart, and it's Ellinger from last year, right? They drafted him a couple years ago from Texas, and Gardner Minshew. So in theory, you could start Gardner Minshew to start the season and with a plan to kind of slowly integrate him as the year goes, which I I would say is very possible. That's probably what I would bet on, but I I would say there's a 50-50 chance where they just say, screw it, (laughs) let's just go with the fourth overall pick. And as we say at Cal Poly, learn by doing figuring out on the go and almost be okay with this could be a rocky year, a little like Josh Allen's rookie year. uh, And we're just going to figure it out on the fly and we're cool with it. That's, you know, I think that's obviously a very, you know, distinct possibility. Now, Will Levis, the last quarterback I want to talk to is is talk about is not going to beat out Ryan Tannehill. That's not possible. But Ryan Tannehill is hanging by a thread and two things are going against Ryan Tannehill. One his team is not that good. So there is a decent chance that they are not going to be very competitive this year, which their weapons look around beside Henry. It, it, it doesn't look like, uh, you know, <laughs> A.J. Brown ain't walking through that door. So it could be a really slow start for him individually. So if the team's not playing well and he's not playing well, especially number-wise, I, I think it's very, very possible. And I know people that cover the team have written about it. I mean, it's, it's Captain Obvious. Will Levis is probably starting games this year. You know, start the season as the backup quarterback, and then who knows? I mean, if they got off to like a one and five start, he you could insert him pretty easily. Now, if they're kind of you know three and three and you know five and six, maybe it's a little more difficult. But if you're them, don't you want to see what this guy has? Like Ryan Tannehill is not going to be around, so you might as well just transition sooner the better, so you can see if Levis can play. But the way I look at it, Bryce C.J. Starters day one, Anthony Richardson more of a coin flip, just kind of depending on internally how they view their team and if they're cool with, I don't want to say tanking the season, but just taking, I mean, you would take some early lumps more than likely with Anthony Richardson you know, playing that first couple of months could be pretty ugly, but it could really benefit them, not just the second half of the season, but in like three years when they go, oh, all those reps Anthony Richardson got as a rookie when everyone thought he sucked is the reason now he's playing really, really well. And Will Levis, I'd put his over-under game started this year at about seven or eight. Number two, also stick with the quarterback theme. Trey Lance versus Sam Darnold. Because Trey Lance is battling to be the 49ers' backup quarterback. That's where two years removed from being the third overall pick, and them trading multiple ones on top of going from 12 to 3. Trey Lance is now in a quarterback competition with Sam Darnold. And you know what? He's got an uphill battle. Because the 49ers have been telling everyone, because they believe this, that Sam Darnold's really good. 
And they keep hammering that, like, you look at those last six games for Sam Darnold, what they saw with just a competent coaching staff, and the team had kind of figured it out. He played pretty well. Kyle Shanahan already liked Sam Darnold in years past, and they thought about trading for him when he was traded, when the Panthers ultimately traded for him. Like, that, that was a 49er option. But they were sniffing around Stafford, and then the Deshaun Watson thing happened, and then they just, you know, they, they just kind of got lost in the shuffle. But that this is a guy they've had their eyes on. Matt Mayoko, buddy of mine, has covered the 49ers since I was in like junior high. Knows everyone in that building very, very well. He just said on a radio show that Sam Darlin might be the best thrower of the football the 49ers have ever had. <laughs> not, not currently have, have ever had. Now, what makes that unique is you're like, Matt, Joe Montana, Steve Young, if I was going to defend Mayoko, and Mayoko knows football. He's seen he's seen it all. Super Bowl teams, two-win teams, he, he, the, from Kaepernick to Steve Young to Garcia to Alex Smith to Jimmy Garoppolo. Matt Mayoko has a lot of scouting experience watching the 49ers and watching good coaches and bad coaches. Joe Montana, ironically, who's most would consider the second-best quarterback of all time, uh, was not the most talented quarterback of all time. Like, he, he did not have John Elway or Tom Brady or Dan Marino's arm, right? But again, he was an elite all-time great player. But it wasn't because of arm strength. And Steve Young, who I would say had a slightly better arm than Montana, also not known for having a hose. But if you do go back and watch the YouTube, I think Steve Young has a better arm than you think. Both those guys kind of hung their hat on accuracy, instincts, and athleticism. Obviously, Steve was an elite athlete. Joe, sneaky, you watch that documentary. Joe could move now. <laughs> Joe was a much better athlete than even I realized. And something that all those West Coast offensive guys that went on, you know, the Holmgrens, the Andy Reeds, they 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 always liked their quarterback to be able to move. And those guys, they hung their hat more on that type of stuff than just pure throwing a Dan Marino 200 mile an hour fastball. But I would say Kaepernick had the best arm in 49er history. Now he had no touch and he had no ability to throw a changeup like Steve Young and Joe Montana, but just best pure arm talent the 49ers ever had. It's not even close. I mean, Kaepernick, you see some of these videos that come out about draft time of Will Levis from his knees, you know, throwing it over three lakes or Anthony Richardson hitting the scoreboard in the practice facility. You know, Colin could do that shit with his eyes closed in his sleep. He just, he just would also hit the trainer on the sideline when they were attending to someone on the bench because he did not know where the ball was going. But I think ultimately what Matt is saying, 49ers like this guy a lot. And every time I look up at a Warriors game, you know who's you know who's there with McCaffrey and Kittle and, and the boys? Sam Darnold. You know who's not there? Trey Lance. Now, I'm not trying to say that's everything because clearly Christian knows him from their time in Carolina. But it is a little weird. I get a lot of DMs is like, what, is Trey not invited? And I think the simple answer is no, not really. Doesn't feel like it. I mean, it sure doesn't seem like it. He was last year when they tried to, you know, kind of force him into the starting role. And then by about mid-trading camp, the players were rumbling behind the scenes. This ain't going to work. So it's not just one thing with the 49ers. When the front office thinks something, usually their star players think it too. Why? Because they're all kind of in cahoots together. The 49ers are not run like the Patriots forever with Bill, where it's like just what Bill wants to do. I'm not saying Kyle won't do cutthroat things. I mean, they traded DeForest Buckner. But for the most part, the reason they re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo, all the players were grumbling. And I'm not talking every player. I'm talking the star group of players. 
right? It's pretty easy to figure out which ones because they didn't think he was good enough. So if they're not think if they're thinking that, you know, Kyle's thinking that. I, I I would be stunned if Trey Lance beats out Sam Darnold, and when he doesn't, I mean, I I think if Brock Purdy's a starter, uh, and it, it turns out to be healthy, and they'll just roll with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold and trade Trey Lance. I I would guess around uh, before week one. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Number three, Bill Belichick, Mac Jones. This is a relationship that got weird and it got weird fast. The one thing that always happened in New England forever is when Bill was pissed off about something or when Bill wanted something to change, it changed. Why? He would trade you. He would cut you. He would not resign you. It didn't matter how good of friends you were with Tom. Welker, Logan Mankins, all these guys that Tom loved, he said goodbye to. Obviously, all these good, great players that signed these, you know, deals for cheap and would win, he would let them go as well, right? He would only buy low and sell high. The Mac Jones thing is is interesting, right? Because you draft a guy 15th overall, you're kind of stuck with him for a couple years. And forever, Bill could publicly blast anybody, could make it be known the way he feels. It's a little different with the quarterback position. And it's pretty clear through the different leaks that Bill was not super happy with Mac. But you know one thing that's changed a little bit? Like, this ain't the Tom Brady Patriots. Not everyone just keeps their mouth shut. Pretty clear that Mac Jones wasn't happy with Bill. And if you're going to defend Mac Jones, you go, well, Bill, you gave him, uh, you know, a defensive fucking coordinator to call his offensive plays and a special team coach to coach him at quarterback. And it was as ugly as it could have been. It was a disaster. And just look at your team. You don't have many, you know, great offensive skill guys. So it'd be one thing if Mac Jones, who had an awful season, was terrible. But even beside, you know, he got injured, but... The eye test was clear. This guy was playing low-level football. And the one thing I always thought about Mac Jones, if he was ever going to maximize his potential, he was ultimately going to be, I would say, a Jimmy Garoppolo, poor man's Kirk Cousins, kind of in that vein. 
Well, he throws a lot of interceptions. He throws the ball to the team a lot, to the other team a lot, because he doesn't really play within his skill set. He makes moronic decisions. Now, you can say offense was really poorly run because of the offensive coordinator. No one's going to argue with you. But like ultimately, when you drop back and there's a DB you know, in front of your offensive player and you throw it right to him, I can't totally put that on the coach. So to me, they both take blame last year for being a disaster. The one thing, though, and listen, I can relate in the sense of I struggled with my emotions, I would say, all up until probably three or four years ago. I've really got control of it, meaning my, my outbursts of temper and anger. I, I struggled to control it. So I'd be a hypocrite to say that if I was in Mac Jones's shoes, I would have just been the ultimate pro and not freak the you-know-what out as he did all year. Now, I give you a pass to get super mad once in a while, but he was doing it over and over and over again. And it's like, bro, you ain't Tom Brady. (laughs) And that's ultimately the position. Like, you technically didn't follow Tom because Cam did, but you kind of did. I mean, this is the highest draft pick Bill's ever put on a quarterback. I'm not thinking that Bill thought you were going to be Tom Brady, but they thought you were going to be a longtime starting quarterback and could help them go to the playoffs every year. And the way you played... You know, last year, this team would have no shot to go to the playoffs. Now, I, I just don't think they're good enough. Though, Bill hires a real offensive coordinator, a guy that just knows Mac, though he never coached him, came when Mac left. But, I, you know, one of the stories was Mac Jones helped teach him the Alabama offense. I mean, they know each other. And Bill is a real coach. No matter how much the media and former players think he's the village idiot, not a good general manager. And he's a great example why the overwhelming majority of coaches have no business picking the players or deciding when to do trades. They should have influence, but most coaches are too close to the sun and they're way too emotional. And their their patience, football-wise, is just too short sometimes. And then they regret it later on. You almost have to put them out of the driver's seat and put them into the passenger seat. Well, he got in the driver's seat and he was a disaster, right? But but he can coach. And it's why the Texans were, you know, always competing to go to the playoffs. He goes to Alabama and like, they were awesome with Bryce Young. He's going to go to the Patriots and be an enormous upgrade. Now, I, I think a lot like Josh McDaniels, you know, I, the, the one thing I would imagine, it was harder for Mac as a rookie to do anything, right? He kind of had to shut his mouth. Well, the second year as a starter, probably felt more empowered, rightfully so. This third year, kind of been humbled a little bit because there's buzz that the owner likes Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi, he had some good moments, had some bad moments when he played last year, but there's another guy on the team that has now played and they've had some success with. The other thing, if you're Bill O'Brien, I think there are zero you-know-what's given because why does he give... He's just trying to win. If he gets the Patriots offense doing well, he'll be a head coach in the NFL again. That's going to happen if they have success. And when you look at their offensive roster, their run game is going to be fine. It always is. You know their defense is pretty good. The question is the passing game, right? I mean, you're talking about Devontae Parker. You're talking about Kendrick Bourne. Like the, they signed Juju Smith and Gasecki. You know, not terrible, but relative to the rest of the division, not even close. So I, I just think there's a lot of pressure. <clears throat> I don't think we know Belichick won't, but I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to put up with that, him freaking out on the sideline, screaming about what plays to call like he did last year. 
So that, that's something to monitor. And that relationship this offseason, I think Bill, during either right before the draft or during the draft, one of the nights, kind of changed his tune a little bit because I, he has to put out there uh, he kind of believes in Mac because he needs him, at least if Mac's capable of playing. If he's not, build this pivot, I would imagine, pretty quickly this season to Bailey Zappi because I, Mike Lombardi talks about this on a lot on the podcast, like how unfair it is that Bill with all this success and we're all questioning, like, should he lose his job when, you know, guys like John Harbaugh haven't won a meaningful game in, in like a decade, but it's like, oh, just on easy street. Right. And I do like, I get it. No one's acting like Bill Belichick is an idiot, right. Or deserves to lose his job because of his resume, but it is based on like, yeah, you know, he's 71 years old. They got not much hope moving forward at this season's disaster. And maybe the owner is like, you know, we've had 20, uh, two, two and a half decades here. We've all made a lot of money. Maybe it's just time for a divorce. Sometimes it's inevitable professionally, personally. And that's where it feels. If Bill Belichick, if they, let's say they win six games and there's a, I don't think they would fire him and probably mutual departation. Now maybe Bill is, you know, so petty and old school that he would be like, you know, fire me. I, I, I refuse to let you act like this is mutual. But like, we're all saying that he's, it would be because of like, it's just time. Like, it's just time for a change. They're pro- they wouldn't be able to upgrade. 99.9%, the guy they would get after would be dramatically worse. Why? Because that guy's not Bill Belichick. But I don't think it's that crazy, right? Like, is Bill Belichick way better football coach than John Harbaugh or Ron Rivera or all these other coaches that probably should be on the hot seat? Of course, Mike McCarthy. But that's not this situation. This situation's about a long marriage, the ups and the downs, and now Brady leaves and there's this whole, and Bill has unlimited power. You're paying a guy $20 million. Like you don't just get to make, Bill Belichick doesn't own the team. You don't just get to make $20 million a year and not make the playoffs forever. That's, that's not the way the world works, especially in this industry. So there's just a lot of pressure. You're talking about a lot of pressure, number four, Jordan Love. We've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers, who was just took the boys, all the Packers, back to the Kentucky Derby, where I saw horses were dropping like flies. They, they had to kill like three horses this week because, you know, some major injuries. When you get an injury, you know, in football, you just go to the knee doctor. Right. You just go get your shoulder worked on in horse racing. You just take that horse to the barn. Bye bye, horsey. You know, so it looked like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae and the boys were all back together having a good time. And we're going to, we've talked about a lot of Aaron Rodgers. But what about Jordan Love? Because this offseason, it's all his. He is the guy, all the reps. I, I looked it up because I was like, how many passes has he actually thrown in his career? He has attempted 80 three passes. I mean, there have been games when some quarterbacks in the NFL attempted like 60 plus passes, right? I mean, what, what, how many passes did Tom Brady have in that playoff game? Wasn't it like 65 pass attempts? Maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was high fifties, but 83 career passes. Now he's got this extension. So he's got a little breathing room. They got a young team. It's all him. And I, I, I do think we underestimate you never want to be the guy that replaces the guy, right? They always say you want to be the guy that replaces the guy that replaced the guy. You, you don't want to be the person that replaced Nick Saban. That, that, that is an impossible job. You don't want to be the guy that replaces Bill Belichick. Good freaking luck. I don't care if they won three games this year. 
You got the number one pick. Like That is not an easy guy to replace. You know, ultimately, Cam Newton, it was unique when he replaced Tom Brady, right? Andrew Luck replaced Peyton Manning, and that was not easy shoes, and he delivered right away. Ultimately, like, Jordan Love is replacing the best player in franchise history. And, and this is a, a franchise that on their Mount Rushmore is like Brett Favre and Vince Lombardi, one of our most famous franchises in all of professional sports. This is a team that has... For being this small, tiny little market team, an enormous fan base. Their games rate and rate heavily. They and a huge reason is because the last 30 years, these two star quarterbacks, they play in these bit they're, they're massive brand. You know, I I just think and, and they're gonna downplay it. And it, like I've said, they're, they're gonna rely on the running game and they have a scheme that's that's you know created for that. A lot of easy passes in theory are built into it with the play action game, the boots. To get a guy just basic, easy layup completions. But a lot of moving parts with this franchise, uh, depending on a lot of young people. It'd be one thing if, if Jordan Love was taken over and they Lazard was still on the team. Devontae Adams had never got traded. And they just had some more core people, you know, at the skill positions. But you're you're talking about second year and first year wide receivers, first year tight ends. They do have a stable of, of veteran running backs and some accomplished offensive linemen. But this is a very, very young offense. And a coach who now has had a lot of success, but it was all with Rodgers. You know, it's it's the first time him kind of in the deep end now without his floaties, you know? Aaron Rodgers is one of the great all-time floaties of all time, right? One back-to-back MVPs. And LaFleur gets credit for that. You know, LaFleur was taught by and around some genius offensive play callers, some genius, uh, a guy that created a scheme. Right. So and I'm not talking Kyle, I'm talking his dad. But I think the pressure on this franchise, there's also kind of this yin and yang in a situation like this where you're kind of always looking over the fence. Like, what's he doing over there? And we saw it immediately with Tom and Bill Belichick. You, you compare the two against each other. Fair or not. And it's really not because they're two separate situations. If the Packers went eight and nine this year and Jordan Love was solid, and you could see the future, it would be very, very successful. Anything less than a wild card berth for the New York Jets is a gigantic letdown. I mean, I don't want to go as far to say, but borderline disaster. But they're going to be compared every single week. If Jordan Love's good and Aaron Rodgers bad or vice versa, it's going to be the talking point. They are directly correlated. that They are connected at the hip when we talk about the two players. And not not that Jordan Love has to play like Aaron Rodgers. I've said it before. The chances that the best case scenario for Jordan Love, I told you, if I told Packer fans right now, you know, he's like 75% of what Aaron Rodgers, they they all would sell their soul for that. More than likely, he's like 20% and just not a good player. That's what history would show us. So fascinated. Here's the thing. And I've seen it when Trey Lance became the starter. And it's different because, but no, I mean, he redshirted a year. Every single practice, every single practice, completion percentage. How many balls hit the ground? How many balls were overthrown? How many good passes? It is a daily covered story about practice passes. Aaron Rodgers has not had that happen to him for a decade and a half. No one cared about an individual pass in practice. No one was tweeting out these last 10 years. You know, uh, third day of training camp, Aaron Rodgers went 17 of 20. Like that. It didn't matter because we all knew it, it was irrelevant. 
Same thing with Brady. Same thing now with Mahomes. Like it's just some of his sweet passes from a training camp practice get tweeted out, but no one is taking inventory on every single pass. That's what's going to happen. I've seen it firsthand, and it's intense when it goes the wrong way. When I worked with the Eagles, we got rid of Dave Akers and brought in a rookie kicker, and it was a disaster immediately. But every single day when that guy went out there, Alex Henry, kicker from Nebraska, every kick he had was charted. And every reporter was, at the time, I don't think Twitter was as big, but newspapers, the blogs. 49ers has drafted a kicker this year. Jake Moody. Every single time that guy kicks in practice, it's going to be a story, good or bad. It's no different with Bryce and Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. Like Their practices are treated, fairly or not, like a game by the people watching. And we all get to find out the numbers at the end of practice. And I, I think that's the way just Jordan Love's going to be treated. Like when he has a, a training camp practice that's like 8 of 20, it's like, oh, Jordan Love have it? Is he inaccurate? Now it also goes the other way. You know, Jordan Love was unreal today, 14 of 16. Now, he's judged in the games, clearly, but you got to get there first. And it starts in OTAs. Some of these practices are open to the media. The mandatory OTAs, all those practices are open to the media. Now, I mean, the ones I've been going to, uh, sometimes Kyle, like, you know, calls practice after 30 minutes and they go to a swim party. So I, I'm not saying all these practice, but once you get to training camp and those pads come on, that becomes serious football. And, and we're not that far away. But I, I think when you factor in the pressure on this guy, I, I would imagine the Packers have a pretty serious OTA session. Like, there's no just like canceling random practices to get deep breaths because. They got to get this guy reps. They got to get this guy ready for the season. Whether I believe it or you believe it, the, the Packers are trying to go back to the playoffs this year with this guy and look like geniuses. You better believe that Gudikins and Matt LaFleur want to be talked about like, fuck, I mean, these guys, what a genius move. Because if this guy is good, I don't mean he's got to be great. If he's just good, we're at the end of the year, like was Jordan Love the 11th best quarterback in the NFL? They will immediately get long-term extensions. And we're all have to anoint them. Like that would be an incredible pivot. And last but not least, a little bit of a wild card here. There was a story last week that Tom Brady is on the fence about quitting at Fox. Obviously, he hasn't even started yet. But, you know, and a lot of people in media circles have been like, is Tom Brady really going to call games? And I've always said, like, I assume he was. I don't know why. I, I, did, I never looked at it. Like, uh, I never thought someone was throwing a curveball at me. I thought Tom signed this because he was like, yeah, I'll retire, take a deep breath, and I'll call some games. It's easy. I'll fly in private, do some Zoom meetings. It's not like I'm in these cities for three out of my seven days a week. Watch a little film. Keep me in the loop. All the coaches will talk to me. It won't be that hard. I've always been hesitant that, like, there's two Toms. There's corporate Tom, which is the majority of the time we hear. And then there's Tom, like he was on his documentary, on the ESPN Plus uh, about the Patriot Dynasty, where he was swearing, where he was just kind of being the guy at the locker room, the guy that is in the locker room with his teammates, who just clearly feels like it just resonates with people. And I was like, I don't know if we're a lock to get the cool Tom. We might get the corporate Tom. And so I, I always question, like, is he, uh, he's not to me a can't miss. Like, he's just not. To me, a can't miss broadcaster, if you gave him a mic, would be Philip Rivers. I think Philip Rivers would be elite. He'd be awesome. Like Tony Romo has his moments and Tony Romo has a moment where he's, you know, kind of cheesy. 
I think Phillip Rivers would be sweet. To me, Tom, he's definitely not Drew Brees. Like, to me, Drew is like, eh, it's not really, no chance. I bet against that one immediately. Tom, to me, I'd give like a 50-50 chance. Their chance is awesome because he's just good at everything. So he would, you know, really try. He'd do whatever he wanted. He's cool with taking criticism, right? He's been coached his whole life hard. Uh, But when that rumor came out, people were like, well, what about Tom? Are we sure Tom's not playing in in 2023? (laughs) Because I'm not. He's single now. I think I saw a story the other day. He's done dating models. Tom Brady, no more dating models. I was like, yeah, Tom, first first class, good looking problems. But I I, I feel like it, it is not going to go quietly. And all it would take is someone to get hurt in OTAs at a big time team. And there's one team, the Miami Dolphins, that I don't think you could ever discount. And maybe this is something that flies a little under the radar in the spring. Because, for example, the Dolphins, two is not getting concussion in spring. What about the fall? What about in training camp? You know, what if one guy trips on him and he hits his head and all of a sudden he's a little wobbly? It, it feels like until it's over, like the season has started and Tom Brady is not on the team. I don't know if we can discount it. I don't know if we can. And now there are rumors that he's having second thoughts uh, about doing this. And I don't blame him. Now, I, I understand it's a lot of money. They gave him like $350 million. But Tom Brady's not doing this for the money. Again, $350 million, I don't care how rich you are, is a lot of money to anyone not named like the Waltons or, you know, Bezos or Elon. But $350 million is a lot of money to Tom. But he does not need the money. Like, ultimately, that money is not going to change anything he does. He's been flying private for 20 years. He can buy any home he ever wants to for a long time, right? And maybe he's got some divorce payments. You know, maybe that's a little tricky, but she's got a lot of coin, too. Though, depending on where you get divorces, as I've been told by divorcees, that it can get complicated fast. <laughs> and it gets ugly, especially the more money you have, even if they're both earners. But I wonder, there's just going to be, I, I just don't think this thing's going to go quietly. It never does. It never does. And we always get injuries. We always get injuries. Is there a chance that Tom never really wanted to retire? You know, he kind of did it to save his marriage. And then he realized, yeah, maybe my marriage isn't worth saving. Maybe I just want to play and we're going to divorce no matter what. So adios, Giselle. You, you go with the uh, people keep saying, middle cop, you, you mix up jujitsu and martial arts and taekwondo. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know all the different factions here. But I, I do know that Giselle's, you know, been running around with her, you know, taekwondo instructor. Not that Tom, man, Tom doesn't even care. He's like, glad. <laughs> Have a good time, babe. See you later. Godspeed. Uh, I'll drop off the kids next Friday. I just don't know if we've seen the the last of Tom. Okay, that should do it. So have a good Monday. Thank you to Hulse on the audio, James on the video. My people, keep this thing rocking and rolling. Thanks to everyone for listening. We will talk soon. Well, you won't. I'll talk to you, and hopefully you'll listen. Adios! Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. 
It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep cook and store system keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust Resistant. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with with us with new segments correspondence and a brand new sound season nine is kicking off with an intimate interview with grammy award-winning singer-songwriter natalia laforcade what's giving you hope right now well when i see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.